welcome to The Power Within Her. On this podcast, we're all about seeking self-empowerment to live a life that makes us excited. My name's Megan. I'm a nerdy and super enthusiastic writer and professor with a PhD in English. Together, we'll get intentional by embracing the power of critical thinking and personal growth to achieve those dreams on our hearts. Let's break free of societal expectations, create new stories that serve us, and have some fun with the process of growing into the type of women who embrace the incredible power and potential within ourselves. Are you excited? Let's do this. Welcome back to another episode. Oh my gosh, I cannot believe I am recording the second episode of the podcast. It has just been a whirlwind and I am feeling all of the feels, excited and terrified and just so unbelievably grateful because I've gotten so many kind, wonderful, inspirational messages from people. So thank you so much for being here and for listening in. I truly could not do this without you. So from the bottom of my heart, thank you so much. All right, so let's dive in. Today, we're going to be talking about the power of being you. And I come to you with this idea, not from a place of like, oh yeah, I've got it all together. I know exactly who I am. I've always known exactly who I am and all of the things. That's not where I'm coming at you from. (laughs) I am coming at you from this idea of like, yeah, being you. It can actually be really, really challenging. So Whatever it is that you're doing, driving, doing laundry, laying in bed, I don't know, walking across campus, taking care of your tiny little humans, I'm not sure. But whatever it is that you're doing, I want you to ask yourself a couple of questions. Have I ever watered myself down to be more palatable to someone else? Or have I ever tried to present a version of me that hides a part of who I am because it might make me more likable? Or Have I ever felt like I can't be who I am because I'm scared that I might be judged? And if you're like me, you're probably nodding right now and being like, oh man, that hits me right in the feels. Like, yes, I have been there. And even if you haven't been there, no judgment, it's totally fine. You know, maybe this episode can bring a different perspective if you don't connect to that. But if I was a betting woman, I think that we can all connect to this in one way, shape, or form. So to tee this up for today, I'm going to start with a quick story and then I'm going to dig into some societal expectations and really ask questions and push back and I'm going to drop some fiery quotes and then I want to end with some tips. So fun fact about me, (laughs) I am a huge Gilmore Girls fan. I mean, I'm talking like sports foam finger, big time loving fan of this TV show and in college, I took a quiz on Gilmore Girls. It was one of those character quizzes that would float around Facebook and they'd be like, oh, you like this show? So cool, take the quiz to figure out which character you are. So I took the quiz and I the result that I got completely mortified me. So if you know the show, you could probably assume why I was mortified, but if you don't know the show, not a big deal. My character result was Paris Geller. And I just reacted. I was like, oh my gosh, no. Like, I don't want to be equated with her because she's positioned in the show as aggressive and weird and quirky. And essentially, she doesn't fit in. She's completely the odd woman out. So because I got that result, what did I do? (laughs) I didn't want to be equated as the outcast. So I retook the quiz about a bajillion times trying to manipulate the answer so that I could get the character that I wanted, which was Rory. Now, I do want to acknowledge that 
Part of the reason why Paris is regarded that way is because she is technically the antagonist of the show, or at least one of the antagonists, whereas Rory is the protagonist. So I think that is a part of it. But when you look at the show and you really look at Paris's character, you find that Paris and Rory are both young, ambitious women. But when it comes to being assertive and ambitious, Rory is positioned, you know, all of her assertiveness and ambition is positioned as acceptable, whereas Paris's is not. And there's this moment in season three when both Paris and Rory are in Washington, D.C. and they're at this mixer thing for future leaders and student government and all that kind of stuff. And Paris is, you know, following senators and congressmen and women around asking difficult questions and being kind of pushy and sort of in their faces, like asking questions about policies and all this kind of stuff. Whereas Rory is kind of hanging back. And there's this kind of running joke in the episode where like the senators and the congressmen and women are trying to get away from Paris because they don't want to have these tough conversations. And that moment in the show makes me think of a quote by this writer, Adiche, who said, we teach girls to shrink themselves, to make themselves smaller. We say to girls, you can have ambition, but not too much. You should aim to be successful, but not too successful. So what Adiche is essentially doing is pointing out that society is constructed in such a way that says, yeah, if you're a woman, if you're a young girl, you can definitely aim to be successful. You can definitely aim to be ambitious, but only to a particular point. There's a cutoff. There's a parameter to how ambitious you can be as a young woman before it starts to cross into that territory of you're being pushy or you're too assertive or you're not even assertive, you're aggressive and that's bad. And so to bring it all the way back around, even though it was a really silly quiz that I took that gave me the result of Paris Geller, no wonder I tried to retake the quiz a bajillion times to get a particular result because I had that thought in my mind, this idea that there are quote unquote bad traits. And Paris had a lot of those bad traits. So I was like, oh my gosh, I don't want to be considered bad. I don't want to be that outcast. So in other words, even though the quiz itself was ridiculous, <laughs> You know, underneath it all is a really important pressing issue, which is that we are so willing to be who we're not to gain acceptance. And that to me is so unbelievably sad and completely disempowering. And the really wild part about it all is that sometimes we don't even realize that we're doing it. And I'm sure that you can connect to that idea because society can be so sneaky where we normalize certain things or certain characteristics or saying, yeah, you can only be ambitious up to a point. It becomes normalized and we accept it sometimes unconsciously. And when that happens, it can become so much more difficult to recognize it and to question it because we have that philosophy of, well, <laughs> that's just how it is. And then on a different side of the issue, we as humans do so badly want to belong and to have approval and to be liked. And so we bend or we adapt and become someone that we're not to get that acceptance or that feeling of belonging, which can make it even harder to want to be yourself because you just want that feeling of belonging. But when we do this, we get a sort of fake sense of belonging. And that's something that Brene Brown talks about in her work. So I want to share a fiery quote from her. She says, Because true belonging only happens when we present our authentic, imperfect selves to the world, our sense of belonging can never be greater than our level of self-acceptance. 
So in other words, what I think she's saying is that it might seem like we're belonging, but we're not actually belonging because we're not being true to ourselves. And what's even greater than fake belonging is being yourself and accepting yourself for who you are. And what this really reminds me of is a Tupperware lid. And I also like my metaphors, so we're going to go for it. (laughs) So This quote that Brene Brown talks about reminds me of Tupperware lids. You know, you go in your kitchen and you have a thing of spaghetti you're trying to put in the fridge for leftovers and you're trying to find the stupid Tupperware lid and you can't find one, but you find one that kind of fits. So you put it on there and it's good enough for now and you put it in the fridge. Well, then somebody the next day goes to get the leftovers and they grab it just slightly wrong and the lid pops off and it might even spill everywhere. So it's Just bad news bears all around. But the point is, it fits, but it doesn't fit. So it's not right. So I think we can all agree that to not be yourself is to be miserable. To have that facade every single day, a performative you that you present to the world, that cannot be fun. And how can you be excited about your life if you're just trying to be someone else? So... Let's draw a line in the sand right now, right here and now. Let's be more ourselves because it's way more fun and it's so much more fulfilling. And I don't believe that we can just sort of say, yeah, let's do it. Let's go for it. Like, I think that's part of it. Like, let's get hyped. Let's get excited about it. But then we need some tips and some strategies and a holistic mindset shift to do that. So basically what I'm saying is that I want to pump you up, but I also want to be really strategic about it. All right. So here are some tips that I have when it comes to being yourself. Number one is all about mindset and environment. So instead of thinking, oh, I hope that people like me. What if instead we thought I'm going to find a friend or an entire community of people who likes me for me? If you can get yourself into that mindset and lead with that notion of, I refuse to be someone that I'm not, I think that we can then start to surround ourselves with people who will help us to be ourselves and we can help people do that too. So for example, I get so fired up about stuff and a lot of people who are in my inner circle and very, very close to me, my close friends and family, they just let me go when I am pumped. They don't tell me to calm down or to get less excited or whatever it is because then I'm not being me. They know that being friends with me and being around me means just like getting so fired up, just getting really passionate. And so that's why I truly believe that unless you're a danger or a harm to yourself or others, the people around you should encourage you to be yourself. And so that's why when I'm walking down the street with my husband, Roger, and we come across a dog, I get so excited and so giddy. And of course, I'll always ask the owner permission, but I'll be like, oh my gosh, can I like pet your dog? And I'll be like, hi, and I'll talk to the dog. And Roger will just laugh and smile and be like, I love you. Like, I love you for being so unapologetically you. You're the girl who talks to dogs. And yes, yes, I am. And in case you were wondering, no, Roger and I do not have a dog. Someday we will get a dog, I promise. Um, and I cannot wait till that day. 
Anyway, tip number two (laughs) is catch yourself. So I think with a lot of things in life, the battle is seriously in recognizing that unwanted thought or behavior. And so while there are so many things outside of our control, I do think that we can take control by being super intentional and consciously catching ourselves when we're doing the thing we said we wouldn't do. And so in other words, if you can recognize it, then you can catch it when you're doing it and you can stop yourself and you can rewrite the narrative, you can redirect. And so you can go back to that mindset of, nope, I'm not going to be someone I'm not. And then you can stop trying to alter yourself for that sense of fake acceptance. And so, for example, when I was first dating Roger, he was like, yeah, I love horror. Like, do you like horror novels and horror movies too? And for like 0.2 seconds, I was going to be like, oh yeah, they're great. And I kind of was like, well, you know, no, I, I don't. And even though this was years ago, I distinctly remember Roger saying, yeah, that's cool. That's totally fine. People like different things. And can you imagine how miserable that would make me? Because I do not do well with horror. And if you love horror, good for you. I No judgment from me. But I just cannot do it. And can you imagine how miserable I would be? If I said, yeah, horror is great, and we'd watch all these movies that scared the crap out of me, and I'd have nightmares and couldn't sleep, how awful. So it just doesn't pay to not be yourself. And finally, tip number three, stop apologizing and own it. So I think that when we do assert who we are, and when we're true to ourselves, we sometimes do apologize for it, as though being true to ourselves is somehow inconvenient for other people. And owning who we are comes from this sense of self-acceptance. It's saying, this is who I am, and I am comfortable with it. Because I truly believe that by owning who you are, and not apologizing for it, the freer that you're going to feel. And that's why in the introduction to this podcast, I say that I am a passionate and nerdy human being because that is who I am. And I don't want to show up as anything but that. It's not a performance nor a facade. It's just who I am. And to state that loudly and proudly feels so good. Especially since there have been a lot of occasions in my life as a young woman in this society where I did believe that I had to water myself down or I had to keep a lid on all of my dreams and ambitions. And all because I thought that I had to in order to be liked and accepted. And don't get me wrong, sometimes I do still struggle. But with intentional effort, I can remind myself to go to that new mindset and to lean into those who do care about me and love me for me. And if I do have thoughts that don't serve me, I can catch myself and be who I am and own who I am. Because I truly believe for all of us that by being you is one of the most empowering things you can do for yourself. So to recap, society is always going to be there telling us who we should or shouldn't be. It's also going to constantly assign the good and bad labels to particular characteristics. So for example, Paris Geller's level of ambition is bad, but we know that that's not true. And we can push back against these cultural societal narratives by critically thinking. And establishing a mindset and environment in us and around us that serves us along with catching ourselves and stop apologizing for who we are and owning it instead. I know that I said it last time in the very first episode and I'm going to say it again and again and again. We only get this one life. Let's not waste it on trying to be someone that we're not.
But I also want to acknowledge that even with the best tips or advice on how to be yourself, it is sometimes not that easy. It can take time to step into the person that you know who you are. And to that, I say it's okay. Take your time. I am so pumped to be on this journey with you. I hope that you have a fabulous rest of your Tuesday and go out there and just be you because the world needs you as you are. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode or learned something valuable, I would love it if you could either share it on social media and tag me or share the episode with a friend who you think would love it too. Either way, I am so honored that you're helping me spread the important message about women's self-empowerment.